have to go back! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And today, oh, will you look at the time? It's the what? witching hour, because we're reviewing the witches. Yeah, this is crazy, Ricky. I can't believe we've been doing this podcast for six years. Wow. Wow. Six years. I mean, maybe it's five because of you know, You got to count the whole first year and then that's what. But this is our sixth season, season six premiere wow. is what I'm trying to say. That's amazing. And, you know, it's hard to think that The Witches came out just some 30 years ago. Oh, uh, yeah. 1990. 1990. And uh, almost in time just for the uh, Anne Hathaway, Octavia Spencer uh, reboot of the same movie of the same title. We're here. We're celebrating a lot of celebrations. So we are taking a look at the 1990 movie, The Witches. Uh, and The Witches is a Jim Henson joint. I didn't realize that. Uh, I was I was like, wait, there's a Henson movie that I didn't know about? Uh, it was very surprising. Yeah, because there are really two kinds of Jim Henson movies. There's... Yes. There's Muppets Jim Henson, and then there's Dark Crystal, which is mm-hmm. Nightmare Fuel Jim Henson. Mm-hmm. This is that kind. This is that kind. Uh, so we have two surprising uh, people together. We have uh, we have Jim Henson. We have a Roald Dahl property. Uh, and mm-hmm. so this 1990 film is based on the 1983 Roald Dahl book of the same title, The Witches. And it stars Angelica Houston, not Huston, sorry. Uh, I grew up in Houston, so I always thought it was Houston, and it's Angelica Huston. Uh, I always thought it was still pronounced Houston. Oh, is it? Oh, good. I have some bullies to correct. Uh, so this was uh, the last film uh, that Jim Henson uh, produced. Uh, I, I always thought it was uh, the Ninja Turtles but it turns out it might just be this film. Uh, both the films kind of came out around the same year. Uh, and it's also the last screen version of a doll work made while the author was still alive. Uh, so it's a very, uh, you know, big piece of work for um, very prominent creators in media and pop culture. Well, I got some bad news, Ricky. I looked up how to say the actress's name oh, no. at howtosaywords.com. And um, they pronounce it Angelica Houston, which I think <laughs> is wildly incorrect. So I'm going to go with Angelica Houston. Angelica Houston. Angelica Hustone. <laughs> a Hustone picture. Uh, so the movie is about a group of children loathing witches who taint sweets with Formula 86 to transform kids into mice and tackling disturbing material and featuring some grotesque CGI list special effects uh, bordering on the Cronenberg scale. Uh, We have the spellbinding adventure of some kids versus witches, a tale as old as time. And so this movie, for long-time listeners of the podcast, uh, you will be familiar with Roald Dahl and how he feels about people making things off of the things he made. He hated this movie. 
Is that a surprise? He has hated every single adaptation. He liked the casting, though. He liked, well, he liked Angelica Houston's casting. He yeah. was like, oh, I like her. Yes, he really did. He really liked her as a grand high witch. Uh, but rumor has it that he hated the film so much that he stood outside movie theaters with a megaphone telling people not to watch it. Well, the big thing is, and this is going to be spoiler alert for the witches. He, I mean, I understand why he hated it because they totally changed the ending. Yeah, yeah. So in the book, uh, the the lead child character who doesn't have a name, but in this they call Luke because they figured we need to name our main character. Um, he stays a mouse like forever. And the movie leads you to believe that. And I was like, oh, they're going for it. Roll credits on sad grandma. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And they shot it that way. And then they did a focus group testing where all great movies uh, mm-hmm, are born mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the focus group room. And people are like, we like happiness. And uh, then they brought back that deus witch machina to <laughs> to fix Luke. No, no, it's pronounced Angelica it. Houston. Uh, oh, no, what I you don't say? speak Latin. Um yeah, and so it turns Luke back into a, a human, which, you know, he sees that and he's like, that's not the ending of my book at all. Because what's really kind of sweet and sad, and they, they touch on this in that back and forth at the end, is Luke asks, how, you know, how old do mice live? I don't know how long they live. And the answer is like about nine more years. Like he and the grandma are probably going to die around the same time. Oh, is kind of what they're getting at. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So feelings. Yeah. People said, "Hmm, I I don't care for these tears. Turn him back." And and the yeah. movie really leads you to believe that too. And that's why Roald Dahl was like, "No, let him cry. Let them cry. Let him cry." His own mouse tears. So Jim Henson, you know, like Grayson alluded to. Uh, they are all about practical effects, and there were some amazing effects that they did in this movie. There's one transition that I was like, I had to go back and rewind it because it's where mm. Anne Houston is holding her like prosthetic face, and then her assistant crosses right in front of her. It is such a sleight of hand edit, and then immediately as she crosses, it is just Angelica Houston's face. And it's just her it's, real face. I'm like, it's just Nick Cage's face. I, I was so mesmerized. I was like, wait, yeah. how did they do that? It's uh, a great and, transition. And, but the transition from the people to the mice was absolutely terrifying. One of my um, earliest memories of going to the cinema, Grayson, has to do with a movie we haven't reviewed yet, but we will, I'm sure. It has to do with the movie. Super Mario Brothers. Now, as a 90s kid, Super Mario Brothers was, you know, there with Ninja Turtles. It was just everywhere, and people were very aware of it. So I Mm. said, hey, Mom, please take me to this movie. And when, by the time I was going to see the movie, it wasn't really in mass theaters uh, for reasons that we'll probably find out about when we review the movie, ultimately. But my mom drove out of the way, uh, in the rain, uh, and my mom retells the story of like Ricky and we drove and you just said, twy, mommy, twy. And so we get there and there's a scene where these 
these people are being transformed into uh, Koopalings, where their heads are being shrunk. And it basically feels like a similar transition from human to mouse, where everyone looks really grotesque and scared. And mm. I sobbed and I cried because that's not a thing that a child my age would want to see. Also, not a thing in Mario. But, so Yeah, also that. And so we didn't watch the rest of the movie. Because my mom just took this crying, hysterical child out of here. Had to drive back home in the rain. This movie, had I seen it, would have had the same results. Yeah, so you, this is your first time seeing the movie? This is my first time seeing this movie. and Very interesting. I mean, I I remember seeing the the poster for the witches when i looked up the movie poster i'm like oh i've seen this poster and i also definitely thought it was a cartoon oh yeah because it's one of those illustrated posters yeah yeah i didn't realize you hadn't seen it before so i saw this movie when i was a a little little kid and i have questions for my parents like (laughs) what and how and why yep um because as far as i can remember this is like my first horror film as a kid which is what it is it's like a child's horror film yeah um and it really freaked me out and looking back on it it explains why i used to cry when i went to chuck e cheese because their half transition state looks like a bunch of Chuck E. Cheese characters. The makeup is yes. so good though. Like Angelica Houston to be in her full witch state, it would take eight hours in the makeup chair. They went all out with it, but as a kid, that is incredibly disturbing. I mean, and it's so seamless, but they do such a good job. There's a point in time where they're having the witch meeting, which is just a great concept for anything like Roald Dahl, I, I can see why people would like pick up this movie as like a property because just on paper, like, it reminds me a lot of like the ant opening monologue. It's just like, oh, no, I get it. I, I see why this pitch was made of just like, OK, great. So uh, a bunch of witches are having a convention. And so <laughs> they're just all there trying to get on the same page. But right before she takes off like her face, it is so jarring and so believably realistic that she's just like ripping her skin it just looks like it's her skin and it's like mm-hmm. oh my goodness but they're tre- they're talking about it so matter of factly they're like all right wigs off and so she's like hey, hey come help me and then she just takes off her whole face uh it was absolutely uh terrifying it's like uh you said wigs off not faces off uh yeah. oh for that scene it was fun to discover that a lot of the extras there were just bald men yes yes they were i think i read something about that but that tracks that that tracks i mean why why would you go through the trouble of hiding hair under a bunch of bald caps when you can just get bald people <sighs> Ah, that's amazing. And and uh, speaking of uh, the makeup and the prosthetics, they had a couple of different versions of those mice. Uh, I was very impressed with the animatronics of like how small they were able to get these mice to look. Uh, I was like, wait mm. a second, like how how big are they? Or I guess how small are they? Like because they they used a lot of forced perspective uh, to make you like really believe that these mice were shrunk down real little. Real itty-bitty. This is a quote from uh, John Stephenson. Uh, He said, We had to create mice for the boys in three different scales, from life-size, about three inches, to ten times life-size. 
Uh, and he told this to LA Times. The A size was literally the size of a mouse. B size was cable controlled. And C size was a large hand puppet. As Henson explained, uh, we had to shoot it in such a way that this gigantic mouse still had to look like it was only two inches big. It was complicated to do this as it meant wherever we were shooting this, we needed to have very large pieces of scenery to keep it in scale. But at the same time, mm. this version of the mouse is most expressive. And I know we've talked before on the podcast about impressive feats from animals, uh, from movies such as Dunstan Checks In and Airbud. Mm -hmm. But nay, nary, very have I ever seen such impressive stunts from an animal than from this mouse jumping on the wire, climbing on all those different uh tapestries and jumping from <laughs> ledge to ledge like if if you are ever looking for a movie with some really great mouse parkour uh this movie delivers on that yeah the one where it's on the wire and then the i think it's the antenna or whatever falls and it lands upside down and down the bowl and out that is next level mouse acting with with the with its tail wrapped around the little wire i was i was so impressed i'm like man the training that you had to do with these mice uh, and they, I mean, they just really went for it. I, and I was really, really impressed. Like most mice, they probably started out in the scientific field mm -hmm. and then really used this to break into show business. That seems to be the trajectory. Right. And a fun fact, the, uh, the two mice that, um, Luke had as a pets were later to be the inspiration for Pinky and the Brain. Um, oh. if not actually Pinky and the Brain. But mm. I have not found any hard information about this movie mm. that came out in the 90s on it. Either way. Yeah. You got to pay your dues in the maze before you hit the big screen. <laughs> uh, so what was the main thing that you noticed this time around versus the first horrifying time that you saw this movie? Um, I mean, in general, I'm probably going to wait longer to show my kids this movie <laughs> than my parents waited to show me, um, which I respect, you know, that they just threw me in the deep end with the witches. Uh, but you see Jim Henson and you you think, oh, we like everything else he does. A family picture. Surely there'll be no face peeling off in this. But the, the whole dark aspect of it, I think, you know, when you're a kid, everything seems scarier than it is. But with this, I was surprised that it was as disturbing and also in different ways rewatching it this time. So I picked up on way more. Also, I just knew more of the actors this time. Mm -hmm. Like Mr. Bean, the series came out the same year as this oh, show. Wow. So it was kind of, he, he was doing both projects close to the same time. And so I hadn't been exposed to Rowan Atkinson at that point. He wasn't even Zazu at this point. So right. He hadn't really broken into my life, uh, and so I, I didn't know him. And um, I mean, even recently, like the the rich father who's always complaining and, and doing all that. Like I only know him recently because of Fleabag. He plays the the father in that, and so it was really fun to to see all these actors. And I, when I first saw this, I would say I probably saw this before I saw any of the Adams Family properties just because you expect that to be a little more creepy anyway. But so I didn't, I didn't know Angelica Houston and they hadn't even made that yet. Right. Um, uh, it's not like I was a four-year-old watching this going, she'd be good casting for Morticia. 
but yeah, the cast and and the themes and all of it, I, I think were way darker and it oh, probably yeah. didn't really register really why he was living with his grandmother, even like mm-hmm. that the parents are gone, like they died. And, and yeah, I just picked up on way more. It was like watching it for the first time, but I would get these flashbacks of like, oh yeah, I feel like a scared kid again because that made such a an impact on me. Yeah. Assuming if I watched this movie any earlier, I'd feel very similarly because, I mean, they have just so many Uncanny Valley images in this movie. Now, there are several different uh, versions that have been released. Uh, Apparently, the theatrical version is not nearly as scary as the uh, DVD version. So what did we watch on Netflix? Oh, that's a good question. We watched the... um, we watched the version where I think eventually we see the backstory of that one girl who ended up being good. And then she became Sabrina. And then like the occult was involved. I think my Netflix just kept playing something else, which related. Mm. I take that back. Mm-hmm. The chilling adventures of Angelica Houston. That's what, is that not part? Mm-hmm. Was your movie not like 10 hours long? <laughs> took forever i just kept watching i'm just like where did that kid go but yeah so the movie you know made its way into several people's hearts minds and i'm assuming nightmares so something that was very terrifying whenever the mouse transformation was happening which again just any kind of those kind of transformations i'm like american werewolf in london like did someone say to jim henson watch this movie and he say you find me a property i can do this to for kids so that they can know how terrifying this is. Uh, but whenever their heads were moving, like their giant heads were massive, I thought that they were going to explode like a mm, head cannon. Mm. Oh, a head cannon. <laughs> head cannon is the part of the show where we share with you unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. I think that might have been it. I just didn't say it confidently. Oh, <laughs> uh, season six. Yep. I'm going to keep it going. Headcast is a part of the show where we share a few unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. So my biggest piece of headcanon uh, has to do with the um, the witch apprentice who left. So I don't know if this was like a part of the book, but wasn't she the girl from the painting? Uh, the girl from the painting's name was Erica, but I like where you're going with it. Well, yeah, because she, because the grandma was like, I remember, why, do I, why does she look familiar? And I thought it was the woman who disappeared from the painting. Oh, maybe. I, I missed that if that's uh, true, but I like it. Yeah, because I think she's one of the few people, like in, in that whole convention, who did not de wig. Mm, so you think she's not a witch she's more well she says you're here as my staff member right like the grand high witch i am going to my my full headcanon is this is that she is enchanted because she was able to cast those spells to turn luke back at the end right and then she looked at her hand like she was surprised she did that yeah so i think that her being inside that kind of witch realm for as long as she was she could basically just Kind of sponged up some witch powers. And so then she, you know, did what anyone else would do. And she just kind of went off, probably went to America. Like, you know, she knows where all the other witches are. Uh, But she decided to settle down. You know, I don't want to do all this witch stuff. And she, but she was settled down. But she, she met some other witches that she kind of, you know, 
befriended some other friendly witches. Uh, and then, you know, she met some people, started a family, and had a daughter. And they said, what do you want to name her? I'll name her Sabrina. Sabrina the Teenage Witch. But it's a baby. <laughs> it'll, it'll play later. And Archie Comics was never the same. Uh, but yeah, so headcanon is that that's Sabrina's mom. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, also, this isn't headcanon, but this is also um, filed in another category that adds to my case study that Ratatouille is one of the worst Pixar films ever made. I was going to ask, how'd you handle the mice in the kitchen? It was awful, like it always is. And I was thinking, I was like, okay, let me just... Let me just wrap my mind around the idea that, like, oh, well, this mouse is clean. This mouse washed themselves. They're still in the food. The food, yeah. The food. They're in it. I'm like, no, I even tried. I even tried. Fight me. We are at Flashback Flicks. You can just direct me directly if you want to argue about this. But mice (laughs) shouldn't be in in food in and or around food. I know. I was watching it. I was eating my breakfast as I was watching it. I had a mouthful of Cheerios and that scene came on. I went, oh, Ricky's going to hate this. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was awful. I was just like, oh, well, here we are. Here we are. With actual yeah. life mice. Because both other iterations, they've been animated mice, right? We, we talked about uh, Templeton mm-hmm. inside of uh, Charlotte's Web. Uh, the yeah, source material, the ratatouille. Machine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, ratatouille. And now we have an actual live mouse just <laughs> hanging out and some french fries and no one else addressed that throughout the rest of the movie. Just like, oh no, they poisoned the witches. Like, you're also serving those potatoes to people. I don't, the fryer doesn't just burn up all of the mice hair. Well, they were pretty lax with the regulations in that kitchen. I mean, Mr. Carson from Downton Abbey took his pants off in the kitchen and then was like, I got to sit down and have a drink yep. still in the kitchen. Yep. So I don't, I don't know what's happening at this place, but it is not above board. No, no, no. How about you? At first I was like, maybe this is a Stuart little origin story. Like he, he goes on to procreate with mice. I don't want to overthink it. I want to overthink it. That's not my head cannon. Don't think about it. Don't, don't think about it. It's not that. <laughs> Then I thought maybe the trauma of what happened in the hotel is what uh, made him turn into Mr. Bean, the oh. Rowan Atkinson's portrayal uh, of the, the hotel manager. He just, you know, he's like, I've said enough. I'm not going to say anything else and became the tight-lipped Mr. Bean. Um, but that's not my headcanon either. That's not it. That's not it. Um, I kept the headcanon very much tied to the story itself. Um, I'm turning over a new leaf for at least one week, Ricky. And instead of connecting my headcanon to another universe, I'm going to keep it within the movie itself. And that is that it goes back to Erica in the painting. So the little girl in the painting, you know, she, she was sent there, kind of banished there. But what I found really interesting is that everyone else assumed that she was dead, right? That she had been abducted, that she was gone, but she lived on in the painting. The first thing we see after we're told that Luke's parents died is a portrait 
of the father. I believe Whoa. that Luke's parents are still alive um, because the police, you know, they come to the door, they're holding the, what look like the clothing or like the dress of the mom or a scarf, just like all that would have been left if they shrunk down into mice it would have left the clothes behind. So oh. taking all those pieces, my theory is that the parents were turned into mice. Maybe it was like a prototype thing or whatever. Anyway, turned into mice. And then when you're turned into a mouse, your human form is trapped in the painting. So that's how you'd be able to go back and forth. So the parents are mice. There's the painting versions of them, but where are the actual mouse parents and I think that's William and Mary, his pet mice. Oh. The problem is the longer you stay a mouse, the more mouse-like you become, which is why they can't communicate when they try to talk to them uh, the first time. Wow. So really, he grew up with his parents all along. That is really, really impressive. Well done. <sighs> I like it. All right, now we're going to go to the part of the show where we like to talk to you about recasts and remakes. Recast for a remake. If this movie were to be made today, it's the year 2020. Who the fuck? Who'd you cast? What would the storyline be? I honestly, I mean, I like the casting that they already have. They have uh, currently mm-hmm. Anne Hathaway, Octavia Spencer, uh, Chris Rock as a voiceover role. Uh, but I would love, love, love to see this as an animated series. Mm-hmm. I think that the witches, Like you thought it was. Yeah. Like I thought it was. Give us the animated series that I was convinced by the poster that it would be. Uh, I think it would be really interesting, just like, just an other focused Men in Black. You know how Men in Black is all about like, oh, aliens live among us and you never know who and they're like fighting these secret threats. Mm-hmm. Same thing, except swap aliens with witches um, and they... Uh, is there actually a show? There is a show. There's an animated show called Witch Hunters. Everyone is like, Ricky, it exists already. Oh, mm. The Last Witch Hunter, 2015, the movie. That's what I was thinking of. So it's not animated. So that's great. So yeah, animated series and it's basically just witch hunters. But ultimately, the twist is that they aren't trying to like, you know, murder these witches per se. Uh, but it's just kind of like a... They're just trying to convince them. It's almost like so. I'm gonna, I'm combining a b- bunch of different properties. I'm basically want them to monsters ink it, but with witches. Just like wait, instead mm. of killing children uh, or turning them into mice to ultimately kill them, what if you just scared them? And I don't know, maybe that gives them some kind of fuel for whatever is the plot device of the movie or in the TV show. But just something to just like show them the errors of their way. Uh, and they all just become witch friends. That's sweet. Witch friends. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of story to be told uh, from the pieces that they set up in this movie. Like uh, seeing the grandmother face off against the, the Grand High Witch early on. They clearly have crossed paths before. And so to see that interaction, how the grandmother lost her finger and all that. Um, secondly, I mean, it sets up to go to America for a witch's sequel, like to see an American witch's movie would be interesting and and continue on this journey. Um, and then, uh, I, I don't know for the recasting, I really like, like you said, who they're bringing in for the witch's movie that they are doing. If it was this movie that they were recasting, 
um, with today's actors. For the grandmother, I would have Dame Judy Dench. I think she would be great. Um, for Angelica Houston as as the Grand High Witch, the um, I would have Angelina Jolie because I just watched uh, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil on Disney Plus. For the Mister Bean, nope, Rowan Atkinson character. Um, I, I had Zach Woods from The Office in Silicon Valley, and uh, and then finally for for the main child protagonist, uh, I just traded one Luke for another. But being as this is season six of the podcast, I'm going with season six Luke from Modern Family. I'll take it. Some bits never die. <sighs> yes. All right, now we're going to go into our final segment where we like to give you reasons to recommend. So, Grayson, why would you recommend this horrifying movie, The Witches? Yeah, so I'd recommend The Witches because, uh, I mean, it's a creepy movie, um, but it's a nice female-led film. There really aren't a lot of male actors in this, and um, that's pretty refreshing, especially with a lot of the older movies that we've seen. Um, There's adorable mouse puppets in it of varying size and intricacy, great mouse actors as well Mm -hmm. and it's just it's good for halloween you know we're in the season getting a little spooky uh this is a more accessible uh halloween movie um and like i said i saw it when i was a little kid yeah it scarred me okay but if you're looking for something to watch with your family of slightly older children i recommend the witches and yes it is a jim henson property but i would say that in your head you should spell jim g-e-m because it certainly is one of those very nice yeah i would say i recommend this movie because if you have some kids who are like whatever authority figure that that's for that's for kids that's for babies it's like oh let me show you this and we'll see if you make it through (laughs) You're going to be a tough dad, Ricky. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. <laughs> like, okay, let's watch this. Like, ah! it's like yeah. yeah. This really is a testament to practical effects. Like, Because there are some moments where they're like green screening the rats into different backgrounds. But like that's the extent of it. They pulled off so many of these effects practically and so effortlessly that you like forget that you're watching. I'm like, wait a second, what's happening to her face? And like there's several moments where like, oh, like they they I guess uh to use more hints in term, they hide the seam so well that you mm. your your brain is telling you like, oh no, someone just took their face off. Oh no, oh dear. And like th- they just do a lot of really cool things like that. So uh if you're looking just for some inspiration of like, man, I feel like I've done all the all the different scary Halloween costumes or all the different kind of uh, scary stories like go to the witches because this movie will brew up for you some spooky times and that is our review of the 1990 movie the witches let us know what you remember about the witches on our social media platforms don't worry they're not haunted on facebook Twitter and Instagram, we are at Flashback Flicks, and it would mean so much to us if you could leave us a rating and review on your podcasting platform of choice. If you could give us a rating and review on a scale of one to five, you know, definitely not mouse turning chocolate, 
Uh, that would be really great. Yeah, that was a nice Easter egg in this, using some of that uh, rolled doll chocolate. Uh, uh, oh, look at that. So, yeah, in a golden wrapper. Golden wrapper. Yeah, that's what happened to the final ticket, as a rat took it. <laughs> it's uh, a rough system. Yeah. And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind. Next time on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. We are going to be keeping it up with the Halloween spirit uh, by taking a look at the interview with the vampire. Finally, I want to hear what these vampires have to say for themselves. Yeah, let them say what they have to say. Yeah, let them tell their story. Either way, there's a lot at stake. Oh, man, it's good to be back. No rust. Zero rust. <laughs> <laughs>